the new home of UTEP Niners football and UTEP men's basketball. The Orange Revival is on 600 ESPN El Paso. To, uh, a pretty good fight. Yeah, I was about to say, you had a chance to watch that fight that yes, Saturday night. And uh, he definitely, I'll say this, he definitely gave fans that were at uh, the Don Haskins Center their money's worth when he was done. He also, he also when he I was when he was uh, finished, uh, you know, in that uh, in, in that uh, heavyweight encounter with Lou Savarese. Savarese retired after that fight. <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah, you probably would. You probably would too, wouldn't you? Yeah. Hey, uh, it, it's great to be out here, folks. Want to invite you to come on down. We've got some great prizes we're going to be giving away, including I've got a couple of uh, dinner for two certificates from the State Line Restaurant to give away. I've got a DVD of the movie Shooter starring Mark Wahlberg to give away. We've got tickets to uh, Saturday night's uh, Disorder on the Border, the Southwest Fury Mixed Martial Arts happening at the Anthony Event Center in Anthony, New Mexico. Did you know that uh, the Anthony Event Center holds about 10,000 people? No, Did I, you, didn't. I didn't. I didn't know they built that either. I don't know where it is. It's, uh, it's, it's an anti day. They've got a, 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 I don't know. I've never been there. we got we got to drive it, out there. It holds how much? 10,000 people. Anthony is only 8,000. I know. They built a facility that's bigger than the whole city. Damn. That's exactly what I would say. So we've got those tickets to give away. We also have a $20 uh, um, Cinemark West uh, movie coupon. So if you're looking to go see the movies, you can come on down and uh, sign up to win those as well. So some great prizes today. Plus, we're going to be out here. It's a great way to enjoy yourself before or after dinner. And drinks from the State Line uh, restaurant here. Legendary barbecue, whether it's ribs, brisket, sausage, chicken, uh, fish. It just does not matter. They've got it all, and they serve it up right for you, folks. So head on down and, and join us. We've got uh, a good show today, don't Com we? Combination plates, not bad. Is that what you like, the combination oh, yeah, plate? I do. Which one are you going to go for, brisket, uh, uh, sausage? Uh, oh, ribs, yeah. brisket, and sausage. Oh, the, the trifecta. Now, I didn't say I was going to do it, but that's one I used you know, when I was a little younger. Yeah. But Now, uh, what do you like, beef ribs great. or uh, pork ribs? Uh, I'd rather have pork ribs. Those are good. Those are really, uh, really good. Know, uh, Steve, I'm from Oklahoma. Well, I know that. Now, Steve Yellen is from New York, but he knows a little bit about ribs, too. I wouldn't bet no, on that. No, I really don't, but I, I know See a little there? bit about eating. Hey, yeah. he, he's from Fish Kill... New York. That's right. They might know something about fish. Does, uh, <laughs> does somebody, fish does, does somebody yeah. from Fish Thank Guild you, know Coach. something about uh, about fish? Yeah, I, I a little bit. That's why I'm going with the tuna tonight. Ah, the, the tuna, tuna is, is delicious. It is it's a right. culinary miracle. Steve, you told me about the tuna. I did. A couple weeks ago. I had that a couple Today, weeks ago. Today I was talking to Steve. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he gave me a good report on the stock. And I told he said he was going to have... Uh, I forget what it was, and I said, no, yeah. you like tuna. Yeah. Because you'd give a great report on that. I would. And I'm taking, that some, I'm taking some of that with me. There you go. Oh, yeah. good, good for you. Uh, Steve, it's great to see you here, and uh, you're going to be here along with um, someone that you know quite well, Russ Bradbird, who is here with us as well, former minor assistant coach, now we can say current author, and a good one at that, with his book, A Patty on the Hardwood. I say that is the must-read of this past year. And if people have not read that, they have to pick up a copy because it'll be one of the most entertaining sports books you will read, period. Steve, I agree. As a matter of fact, as talented as Russ was as a coach, as a basketball uh, phenom, I think, a dribbling phenom. He's a renowned teacher of children, as we all know, uh, with the mini dribbler basketball camp. We'll, we'll talk more about as Pat and Jaime, Coach Pat and Coach Jaime come up here. Yes. But he's even a better writer. 
He is. And if you haven't read this book, you got to get out and get it. He, he a, can write better than he can recruit. Uh, well, you know, he's recruited some great ones, Coach, but uh, I even think uh, <laughs> I he's a better that. writer than he is recruiter. All I right. really do. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the show off giving away a book. You're one giving of away a book. Uh, to the crowd. And, uh, but I, we just can't give it away for free. No, you got to make somebody got, earn it. Yeah, you got to earn it. So we're going to go a little bit of uh, trivia, Coach. And you're in, hey, if you got the answer, I don't mean to embarrass you, but, you know, if I've you don't know the answer. You what know, book no, is it? It's Russ's book, Patty oh, and the I've Hardwood. Already, I've already got it. All right, he's already read it. Yeah. Okay, but um, I'm going to ask a trivia question, Stevie. Um, there is only one Division I assistant basketball coach in the history of Division I basketball, NCAA Division I basketball, who has worked under the tutelage of not one, but two 700-game winners. And I want you to name that assistant coach. Ah. Boy, Don, Don might know. Don really? might not know. But oh, that's that's really a tough one. That is a tough Raul, one. Raul, what do you? I know. It's Russ Bradberg himself. Raul's got it. Russ Bradberg, you got <laughs> it, Russ Raul. Bradberg it is. is exactly right. And Raul, congratulations. Of this You've got a Patty copy the of Patty on the Hardwood. That's, that's very nicely done, Steve. You're going to be uh, throwing out trivia quiz uh, for us uh, all night long. I like that. That's that's good stuff. Raul's got something to say. What's up, Raul? I've already got one. Bro. That's nice. So you keep it. A nice token. Keep nah, it and I'm, read not I'm not 100% sure you can read. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Coach Russ, get up here and sign the book for him. There we go. Well, that's what it's all about. Uh, I like the fact, Steve, that you come bearing gifts. Uh, give me an update on the, um, on, first off, on basketball on the Badio, one of the uh, great events that is uh, put together by yourself, by Russ, and, and by some other, uh, uh, I know, a lot of volunteers. Tell me a little bit about that, and uh, give me a progress report on how that went this past, uh, this, this like last month. Steve, it just keeps getting better year after year, it seems. Uh, the great thing about basketball in the barrio is that people come in from all over the country, counselors. We might, we truly might have as many counselors as we do have uh, campers. Right. They come in from New York, California, Australia. We have a couple of uh, Minnesota gals. One lives in Australia, still um, a professional basketball player. They come in from all of Greg Foster comes down, speaks to the kids. We have wonderful counselors. They love it. It's a feel-good thing, a three-day camp in the barrio. For the kids mostly that really can't afford the big high school and college camps around that, that cost a couple of bucks, uh, these are the kids we get at Basketball in the Barrio. They love it. It's really uh, basketball is used more as a magnet to get them in. It's more about uh, having pride in your border culture, giving the kids some confidence, teaching them the Globetrotter tricks. And the mini dribblers love it, don't they? They do. I, 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 actually pick the team out of basketball in the barrio camp the, the 30 kids that we have on the on the mini dribbler team that's sponsored by prices creamers they pay for everything thank you prices we have great sponsors uh the gardner hotel houses all the folks that come in from out of town for free for it joe nebhan uh, one of the great el pasoans helps us with that uh clement marcus uh helps us mike jaffe the ceo and president of household furniture buys sneakers for the kids uh so we have great sponsors and this year I got to tell you, it really does. It just keeps getting better. I invite all the El Pasoans who are basketball fans, come on down and, and check out Basketball in the Barrio um, That those three days in the, the first weekend of June. As soon as school gets out, that's yeah. when we have the camp. It's a wonderful event. Coach Haskins has been there. And uh, it's just, it's just a, a great gathering of people, young athletes, kids, coaches, and you got to get there. It sounds like uh, something that uh, if you haven't had a chance to be a part of, definitely do it. And, and Steve... You touch so many youngsters. That's the best part about it. It's just, you know, Coach, there aren't enough good things, you could say, that 
events that just do so many good things for the young kids out there. This is one of those that a lot of people have written articles about. Dave Zirin, who is a uh, national sports author and commentator, had written in his latest book that just came out, um, which I believe is uh, called uh, Welcome to the Terror Dome. Terror Dome, yeah. And uh, he, he wrote specifically in that book about basketball on the barrio and uh, singled, singled out Steve and Russ and so many others for their help and work with what happens in El Paso. I tell you what, uh, it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened since I've been in El Paso. Uh, now, uh, Steve said a couple bucks. Now, it's not kids, just kids in the barrio. Yeah. Uh, my grandson, uh, I don't want to make much money either, but uh, <laughs> it's for anybody. Anybody that wants to come to that camp, and uh, they'll get some of the best coaching there is. Uh, Foster, Fred Reynolds, uh, a bunch of guys, plus uh, uh, Steve. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I remember when Russ Bradberg uh, first came, and uh, he's talking to me about this dribbling camp, you know, doing this thing at halftime. And I got I'm going to tell you honestly, I thought, oh, I don't want that, all that fancy stuff and all that. And, you know, I knew they were practicing. So one time at halftime, I got there a little earlier, and I stood there. And I'm watching five- and six-year-old kids that look like Marcus Haynes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Now that I'm sitting where I do, it, that is the show. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about some of the other stuff that goes on down there. But watching all those kids, uh, and it's teaching them something. But uh, the big thing is, uh, you know, Steve takes a week off from his job at Morgan Stanley. Yeah. And uh, uh, how long, Steve? How many years? 24. Good night. I didn't know that. 24 yeah. years. And... Uh, you and Russ started it together, right? We did. I th Russ, uh, back in 1983, I think, when he first worked for you, started the, the Minor Mites under the, the auspices well, of UTEP. And it, it just evolved from You that. know, I, I wasn't for it. Yeah. Now, why, would you not, why would you not be for it back in 83 or 84 when it first started? Steve, we're talking about a guy that uh, practically sent me home on the airplane uh, when I did my behind-the-back dribble the first day of my practice uh, way back when I was a freshman, all right? Oh, oh, yeah, that's right, Steve. You didn't do it very good. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I thought it was teaching kids to be fancy, but what it yeah. does is teaching them to use their hands and, and it learns to coordinate them. Uh, you know, like the uh, the short dribble. They start them. It's unbelievable what these kids can do. And, and the fans... They go to UTEP games. I will testify to that. I believe uh, the twenty-four years, and they've kept it up for nothing—a buck a, a kid. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. And who's your sponsors? Prices, Prices. Creameries. Mike Jaffe, household furniture. Most of Prices has been incredible. They've give a million dollars into the community every year. We get part of that, and uh, we can't thank I know Gene that Carrejo Wayne, and Irene. Yeah, Wayne Thornton. I know. Yes. Is sponsored with them on some of the sports shows, but uh, Prices really has to be commended. But the guys that need to be commended are yourself and. Uh, thank you, Coach. Uh, uh, Russ. Let's do this. Let's take our first break right now. When we come back, we'll have plenty more. I know Patricia, who is one of the assistant coaches for the minor, uh, for the minor mini dribblers, she's going to be here joining us. Come on down, folks. We are out here on the patio at the State Line Restaurant. Free to be here. Lots of great prizes we're going to be handing out. You can be a part of this as well. 
880-5763. If you have a question for the coach, Russ Bradburn is here. We're going to chat with the author of Patty on the Hardwood and the former minor assistant coach as the Don Haskins Show continues right after this on News Radio AM 600 KROD. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue with more of the Don Haskins Show. Steve Yellen, our uh, first guest. Uh, joining us in just a little bit will be uh, Patty uh, Amazaga, who, along with her husband, uh, Jaime, is a mini dribbler coach, and uh, the family is here. want to say hello also to Matthew, Michael, and Jessica yeah. Amazaga. So thank uh, the Amazaga family for coming out here tonight and being a part of this. And Coach, this is just one of many great examples of the uh, mini dribblers and how this has grown over the last 20 years. It's been uh, absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, I was telling Bill Knight the other day, Bill and I are very good friends. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, he's been writing that column, and I told him he needed to write a column about uh, uh, Steve and Russ because, you know, this... Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. I kind of overlook it. Every once in a while, you know, I think, damn, we're doing that again this summer. And I, uh, you know what? That takes a lot of time. And all the people who go down there, uh, Steve, nobody gets paid, do they? Yeah. Yep. No, They're sir. doing it? I'll say that, you know, like you, Coach, have had a great effect on El Paso High basketball, obviously, through the years. We've talked about it many times yes. on the defensive side of the ball. And that's why you, you have – Young kids How about up. the offensive side? Well, well I, that's why I want to mention Ross. <laughs> that's why I want to mention Ross. On, on the other hand, now we've got one of your top assistants ever, Russ, who I think has had a great effect on the offensive side. It, you've seen kids now come through the mini dribbler program for 20 years now, Steve, mm -hmm. and uh, they've gotten college scholarships. They've earned scholarships. Yep. They've gone through his program. You see it in the high schools. Um, I think Anthony John was, was Russ's first pride and joy. He's the first mini dribbler to have a scholarship to college, to play I, college ball. And then as recently as Hector Gallardo, an all-city guard at Bowie High this year, has earned a scholarship. All mini dribblers. And, and you see the effect of Russ's uh, teachings. I had, now I was never a mini dribbler, but I had some of my greatest battles go, growing up as a kid, all the way through my teenage years, one-on-one. -on -one. I used to get paired up against Anthony John all the time. <laughs> okay. All the time. And Anthony John was one heck of a player. Well, he, you know, he'd kick your ass because of the great dribbling drills that Russ taught him. But Russ also, and he'll tell you more about this, Russ uh, has, was discovered by Jerry West, the yep. NBA icon. Probably when you think of the NBA, I mean, that's, do they not use him, his silhouette, sure. as the NBA in, insignia? But, but uh, this re in the last couple years... He has worked for Jerry West and the Memphis Grizzlies, yep. being a dribbling instructor. I, you can ask him. I don't know how he got that job, but uh, he's become very well-known in that arena around the world. What's it like uh, looking at Russ right now holding uh, his baby daughter, a baby girl, uh, Alma? Is it, uh, you know, you've known Russ for many, many years now, over 25 years. Uh, you're looking at him as a dad for the first time. What do you well, think? Pretty natural? Well, I, work. I tell you, you get sunshine on his head. is a little bright. <laughs> no, on all of us. Uh, first time I ever heard of Russ was Tim Floyd told me he's going to bring this guy, and Russ will tell, you, tell us in a minute. He said he really knows Chicago, and uh, we'll go into that pretty soon with him. Yeah. He recruited some players that anybody could win with. He, uh, you know, good players make coaches look good. 
bad players make coaches look bad. That's true. <laughs> but uh, no, he uh, he was a great recruiter. Uh, uh, the players loved him, and uh, uh, it was a sad day in my life when uh, he left here. 880-5763-880-KROD. If you want to get in, have a question for the coach or for uh, Steve Yellen, who, uh, as we mentioned, is uh, not only the many dribblers, but you're also now going to be uh, going into, I think, your fourth year already, your fourth season or fifth season as the uh, radio color analyst for uh, UTEP basketball. Has it been five years already? Bittersweet thing, Steve. Many people tell me, Steve, uh, Steve Yellen, we love you. Um, as a radio color analyst, uh, you're actually a much better analyst than you were a player. So, you know, when you hear things like that, I'm just not sure. But, yeah, no, it seriously, it's been very a lot of fun. <laughs> no, no. Teicher is uh, the uh, guy that carries uh, the whole uh, thing. It's just fun to work with him. The team, you know, I've said this many times, it's the team that we had some freshmen, Steve Yellen, Jimbo Bowden, yeah. Tim Crenshaw. And uh, were they gifted as great athletes? No, they weren't. But the greatest thing can happen to a coach is see guys grow. You know, we lost as freshmen. They lost as sophomores. They went to the NIT and the NCAA as juniors and seniors. And uh, you know what all coaches are looking for is progress. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll go to Tim Hardaway. Wasn't a very good freshman. Uh, become, was becoming a pretty good player as a sophomore. Got yep. real good as a junior and better. But, uh, uh, you know, the teams that uh, you don't like are guys that are talented and uh, uh, you just feel like that uh, you haven't done your job. But I felt real good, you know. Uh, uh, these guys, would come, we'd come in from a trip and we could lose more one, two-pointers than any team I ever saw. Yeah. But we'd come in from a trip, a whack trip, maybe Wyoming or Colorado State, Go straight over to uh, uh, the gym and uh, work out. Not a word. Really? Not a word. And they they practiced hard. And uh, I used to have people say, "Well, you haven't had many losing seasons. How's this?" And I said, "Gratifying." Yeah. I loved it. I, I loved it. I love uh, players that uh, are, are uh, uh, overachieving and. Uh, that was one of the most overachieving teams I ever had. 880-5763, 880-KROD as we continue. Steve, i got to ask you, before we get to Russ and, and also uh, Patty, who is uh, going to be uh, joining us to talk a little bit about the mini dribblers here tonight, uh, give me uh, your thoughts on the outlook for uh, Tony Barbie and company. You know, he's got his tour of the malls this week. He's going to be going from uh, Cielo Vista to Bassett to Sullivan Park all weekend long. But now that he's meeting everybody for the first time, how about his basketball team? What are your uh, early initial uh, impressions of the 0708 Miners? Steve, it's going to be unbelievably exciting. Uh, I was in the gym the other night. I saw Randy Culpepper play, and he's horsing around before, before the scrimmaging. And uh, this kid is really some kind of, like, a genetic freak. He, he's six foot. I was worried about us losing Malik Alvin, who yeah. I loved as a point guard. He grew a lot of mistakes, but he grew a lot as a freshman. He was so quick. And Coach Barbie told me, we got somebody quicker, quicker than Malik. I, I, I can't believe that. Uh, he, Malik can go up and dunk it backwards. We got somebody that can jump higher than Malik. It's the same, same size. 
He's uh, five nine, isn't he? He's well, yeah. I think he's around five eleven. Five so. nine, five but he, ten. But he takes the basketball, Steve. He throws it up against the glass, and he he has maybe a fifty inch vertical, and he catches the ball. He's like a highlight shot with one hand, and he looks this way, looks that way, kind of checks out the gym. <laughs> all right, and then he slams it. It's pretty pretty remarkable. His his highlight show before the scrimmage, just showing off. Yeah. He's right now. He also is. I think he really can distribute the ball. He's a great passer. He can play blinds, as far as I can see. He can. Re- he knows the floor. I love that kid. So fans are going to love him. He'll be the new uh, point guard, I think. Uh, we'll see. Plus, he can shoot. I understand that he can shoot. <laughs> and he, he can, can do everything. He, I mean, you know, Calipari passed on him because he was just too sure. He's a six-foot guy, and yep. Calipari doesn't want six-foot guards. He wants six-six guards. But this guy is a find. You know, uh, another player, Now I don't know him all, and uh, I've been over and kind of glanced at him a little bit. And yeah. It's great talent. Uh, if you don't have a ticket, you need to get one. But we got this kid by the name of Stone from California. Julian Stone. Ju- is it Julian, Julian Stone? 6'6". Six, six, He's skinny. about 6'6", six, six, yeah. skinny. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I was talking to Tim Floyd one morning. I said, Tim, we just signed a guy by the name of Julian Stone out in California. I said, uh, you know, I'm hearing great things about him. Uh, what do you know about him? And Tim said... Uh, I don't know, but he said, let me check my assistant. So he called three or four assistants down. And uh, uh, the assistant said, oh, that guy's a heck of a player. See, uh, they're kind of sitting there waiting. And while they're sitting there waiting, Tony Barbie got him. And he was very irritated. Because, see, they had no idea. They thought he was going to kind of wait and go with them. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't Tim's style. Uh, had Tim been on him... Uh, but uh, he was very irritated about the situation. He called me for two or three weeks in a row and said, you guys stole a heck of a flare. <laughs> That's the ultimate compliment. All right. Before we go to break, let me go to Vince, who's up on a mobile, 880-5763. Vince, thanks for the call. You're on the Don Haskins Show. Yeah, I got a question for uh, Coach and Steve. Um, you, were, you all were talking about... Um, coaching and, and playing, you know, players and coaches, coaches where some teams were better than others. I wanted to ask Coach Haskins, where did he feel more pressure on coaching a team of accomplished players that was expected to win or maybe developing a team that wasn't as highly regarded, which was, which was more satisfying to him and to Steve as a player, uh, the winning seasons versus the losing seasons. Uh, I know losing is tough, um, but which was the most rewarding season of yours as a player? Thanks. Great questions, Vince. Thanks for the call. Guys, who wants to start? Well, for me, not even close. Uh, 1980, a couple things happened uh, that made it the most rewarding season. The incredible win over Wichita State on the road, a ranked team. Remember, back in those days, only 32 teams made it to the NCAA tournament, I believe. And, and so the NIT was filled with great teams that should have been in the tournament. And uh, we went to Wichita State, beat uh, a team that had two NBA coach. I, I think they had two NBA first-round draft choices. In they were. Cliff Livingston and Antoine Carr. Righto. And... Uh, we beat, we, they were favored by 12, 15, whatever, but uh, we beat them on the road. That was just a huge win for us uh, and, and probably the, the most rewarding one I've been a part of at UTEP. And, uh, of course, the, the job Dr. Uh, Jimbo Bowden did in the pit that night, that infamous night, he held Michael Cooper to six points in the pit, which goes down as one of the great defensive uh, 
stands ever <laughs> ever by a UTEP minor. Well, so. I tell you what, uh, Steve, it was a bunch of gritty, tough guys, and uh, I, I think the question was, would I rather coach a team like that? The hardest team that I ever coached in 38 years was the national championship team. Because I couldn't, you know, Bobby Joe and Latin would rather take a whip and just go to practice. So we'd, we'd have to go through heck every day practicing, and I'd go mad. And uh, 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 sometimes we'd stay there four and a half, five hours. And because I was as hard headed as they were. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, they were difficult. Yeah. And like the team we're talking about, uh, they wanted to practice, they wanted to get better. And yes, I've had both. And uh, the ones I enjoy the most, naturally, uh, you, work, you like to win a lot of games. But uh, it's like when we went to Seattle. You know, we're in another town. You know, we wasn't ready to play, and, and uh, I knew it. And probably it was the best thing that ever happened to us because it kind of woke us up a little bit. But uh, uh, I've said this many, many times. Uh, the team that Steve Yellen, Jimbo Bowden, Tim Crenshaw uh, played on here in town. Um, and, you know, we got Fred Reynolds at that yep. time, and that certainly didn't hurt. But uh, that was a fun, fun team to coach. I wasn't used to losing, but um, I, I enjoyed the effort. It was not hard. To, it wasn't hard. Yeah, I, I, I remember I had a friend, Stretch Elliott, and he said, I bet you're having a hard time sleeping. I said, sleep like a baby. There you go. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Russ Bradbird, Patty Amazaga will join us next. We are live at the state line. Come on down. We're on the patio. It's the Don Haskins Show as we continue only on News Radio AM 600 KROD. AM 600 News Radio KROD. Welcome back, everybody. As we continue, more of the Don Haskins Show live from the state line here on the patio. Right now, we've got a real special treat for us. Joining us is one of the assistant coaches of the mini dribblers. Very happy to have Patty Amazaga here, who is with her family as well. Patty, great to see you, and uh, thanks Thank for joining you, us. Thank you. Patty, tell me a little bit about uh, your involvement in the mini dribblers and how you first got started. Well, I first got started years ago. I have a 19-year-old daughter, and um, she used to go to Coach Haskins' camp all the time, and then um, Russ had his camp at Cathedral. So we took her down there, and then they asked her to join, and so we went to practices, and she performed all over, and she really liked it. Um, I coached high school basketball for a while, and, and I could never get her to play. And then uh, um, I have three little ones now, and they uh, got involved. Uh, I called up Russ, and I said, hey, can I bring my son to the camp? And... Um, he fell in love with it, and um, he's come a long way. He started out as not being very not being very good, and now he's one of the best ones that they have out there. And um, you know, I look forward to it. I go all over where we go perform, and 
Steve and Tracy are, oh, you know, he used to be a mini dribbler and you know, now he's a senior in a high school playing and doing real well. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping for my kids is that one day Steve and Tracy will be saying that about them. Tell me about basketball in the body. I asked Steve that question, but since your three have been there and, and have actually participated in that, uh, in that two-day camp, or is it now three-day three camp? Um, yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, your experience from, from basketball in the body. Well, I remember the first time. Uh, it didn't used to be as big. It used to be just a, a couple of days, a couple hours. And um, I know when Ashley went, that's the way it was. And then the first time we took Matthew, they told us nine to three. And I told my husband, I said, there's no way he's going to make it. Yeah. And sure enough, I mean, the next day he was up eight o'clock, ready to go. And um, my two little ones cried because I didn't take them because they were smaller. And now they all go and um, they look forward to it. People tell me, how do they do it all day long? And I yeah. said, but you know, they, they do so much. They have culture. They bring in um, folklorico and mariachis and they have um, an art station. They, they do so much that's not just basketball that really keeps the kids interested. That's what I wanted to ask you about, the cultural part, because everybody always hears about the basketball part, Coach, but you brought the mariachis, the folkloricos. That's the part of this area, this, this community, that I think when, especially some of these kids that might not be used to that and they get that experience at a young age, it really gives them an idea of what El Paso is about and what their heritage is about. Yes, and it does, and um, I know that you know, the kids made books. They made books and they, they came back. They made sure they got their books. They were passing them out. They made little books and drawings. They passed them out and my kids made sure they got them and all the other kids had their books and were showing them. Um, they really do like it. I, I know the basketball part is what they go for, but I mean, they come home and they tell me we had a Flaclorico dancers or we had these mariachis come talk and an artist and a publisher or an, uh, an author comes and so they, they see all that and they come back. And not just my kids, I know the kids from um, down in the barrio, the ones that us tries to um, bring in and, and give them something that they can't go to, um, norm, you know, they can't afford normally. Those kids really like that too. And you know, they, they like that and they like to see it and they, they like that all the other kids are just like them. It's all new to everybody. These kids are fantastic. It's unbelievable. What, I was going to uh, ask you your reaction. Uh, when you, when you uh, see them in the tunnel, well, what, what's going through your mind? You know, I, I said many years ago when Russ was, he'd come in and say, Coach, I want to teach, you know, get a, a group, a perform at halftime. And I thought, oh, Russ, good night. Five and six, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds. And I, th I thought he, uh, no, I didn't think so. And then I got to hearing about some of the practices. I don't think I saw any. But Tim would tell me, he said, you're not going to believe what he's got some of these kids doing. And uh, now that I'm a, a spectator yeah. and not on the bench, I get to watch it all. And it's so fun. It's unbelievable. You know, you see the smiles on these kids playing. They're playing rat-a-tat-tat with a ball between their legs, behind their back. And it's teaching them. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are so small, I don't think he throw a ball up to the basket. But uh, I'm telling you, it's an unbelievable show. Not to mention the fact, Patty, and, and also, Coach, you're teaching fundamentals to youngsters. And my, one of my biggest criticisms about sports these days, all sports, is that the fundamentals, especially the teaching of the fundamentals, seems to get lost in the shuffle these days. Everybody watches television, they see their superstars, but they're not often taught the right way to do things. You're teaching them that core fundamental of dribbling, which as they get older and practice would really come in handy as they get more competitive and start playing organized ball. Oh, it sure does. It gives them uh, you know, the basics, passing, dribbling, 
um, eye-hand coordination. That's the best thing that they can get. And the thing that we really like about it is we do very, very little shooting in practice. The kids all want to shoot the ball, but the ones that have been around know we don't shoot. We're working on dribbling, passing, eye-hand coordination. So they know that that's what, you know, that's their basis. And that's why I really like this program, because I think our kids come out of there with a lot of um, knowledge. 880-5763-880-KRD. We're going to wrap up the hour with Patty and Coach, and then Russ Bradford to start our number two of the Don Haskins Show as we continue live from the State Line Restaurant and only on News Radio. You're tuned in to AM600 KROD. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue. 6.51 the time, more of the Don Haskins Show. As I mentioned, uh, we're going to have um, former minor assistant coach and now author Russ Bradbury joining us at the start of next hour. Also, Thomas Howard is going to join us on the phone lines today, the former UTEP linebacker, current member of the Oakland Raiders defense. And Coach, I know you're a fan of Thomas Howard. Oh, I've, you know the thing, and I, I want to tell him this when uh, we get to talk. Yeah. You know, the kind of players I like are the self-made guys. Like, he's coming out of high school, and I think he's from Lubbock. He wasn't a highly sought-after player. He wasn't big enough. You know, the, it's kind of like a bunch of them I had. Not big enough, yeah. can't do this, can't do that. And uh, uh, you never, ever heard anything bad about Thomas Howard. No. And watching him uh, start last year for Oakland, uh, every time we were on, I watched every move he made. And he is around the ball. I don't care where it is, yep. but he's around the ball, and he'll be a great pro. Absolutely right. All right, uh, as we continue here on uh, the Don Haskins Show, want to mention right now, as uh, we continue here with uh, Patty Amazaga, Patty, uh, talk a little bit about the mini dribblers and what will happen over the next few weeks and months as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. Well, we um, usually start around September, the end of September, beginning of October, and Steve and a whole bunch of us have been saying, you know what, we need to keep this going, get the kids um, working, practicing. So actually, we're going to start practicing next week at our Mijo Center. We're going to start holding our weekly practices and trying to get the kids routine down packed. And we practice once a week, every day, from next week until March. And we perform all over the city at high school basketball games. We perform at middle school basketball games. We perform at UTEP women and men's games. And, um, you know, all that's due to prices. You know, if it wasn't without prices, we couldn't do this. And yeah. um, we do that, and the kids are starting practicing. We're going to bring in the new kids that they got from the um, basketball in the barrio. We're going to bring in the new kids. And that's one of the other things. You know, we're talking about fundamentals and basketball and all. But one of the other things that this camp and this, this whole program really does is it makes these kids some leaders. Because I've seen kids that'll come out there and they don't want to dribble, they don't want to do anything. And by the time we're done, at the end of the season, I mean, they're out there getting other kids to do what they're supposed to be doing. And, and they take charge. And I know because I've seen it in my kids. My kids will go out there and help somebody else who's not doing too well, who doesn't quite understand. And they take that initiative and take that leadership role, and that's what I really like about this, too. Um, could I ask a dumb question? You can ask any dumb question you want. What do you think a leader is? See, you're always reading in the paper, you know, like the basketball team or football team. Who's the leader? What is the leader? Well, it's not just the person that goes out there and tells you to do this or do that. Or the person it's that not takes the loud mouth, no, right? No, it's not. It's the person no. that goes out there and is willing to help 
the other people to make everybody better. Yeah. See, and I, that's what I like about. I think leadership is, uh, you know, if you got a team and you're fortunate enough, like for instance the Spurs, mm -hmm. Tim Duncan, is the hardest worker they got. Well, he's their best player. Yeah. Now, if uh, your hardest worker is a guy that never gets off the bench, uh, it's tough. But that's still leadership. And that is uh, 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 Marcus Thomas. I thought, you know, his work ethic. You don't have to be a loud mouth. You know, I think kids grow up thinking, yeah, 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 you know, you got to talk to everybody and, and um, be the loudest on the team and, and all that. Leadership is the guy that works the hardest. Yep. Thomas Howard is now moving on to the Raiders. He is leading that defense. And, no, he'll you know, do year, it. He won't do, do it with his mouth. He'll do nope. it by plan. This year, UTEP's uh, leading linebacker could turn out to be Jeremy Jones, who had that season-ending injury last year and That's is coming right. back for and his senior what, season this year. And what happened to our team when Jeremy Jones got hurt? Went downhill. We went downhill. Yep. So uh, the kids, uh, he's a guy that obviously was very quiet, and uh, um, but he did his job. Right. And people are paying attention to that. Patty, I know it's too late for this season for the mini dribblers, but if parents want to look into getting their kids involved in upcoming seasons for mini dribblers basketball, what do they need to do? Well, probably the best bet is to get a hold of Steve, but we have a lot of people who stop us at the games. Um, I even get people that stop me at the mall and say, you know what, we saw your kids at... Burgess when we were when they were performing you know how do I get my kid in and yeah. you know we let them know that the camp is our actual start you know and try try to get them to go to that and learn the drills and then um, you know go from there you know we're always looking for dedicated kids um, you know kids that go to practice and and will do the, you know the best that they can and, and like coach said being a leader I mean I know that the kids who go to practice and work hard those are the kids that whether they ever say a word or not, you see how much they improve and what they've learned, and that's the best thing that uh, they get. Uh, Patty, you said a while ago your little girl, uh, she practices all the time. Oh, she practices all the time. She goes well, outside and shoots 50. Um, that sounds like my, you know, I got three grandsons. My oldest, by the way, pitched two innings yesterday. Very nice. And didn't give up a, a run uh, over at El Paso. You know, he'll be a senior uh, community college. Then my second youngest is a guy that uh, uh, can hit the ball, Cameron Haskins. He can hit. And then my 12-year-old uh, uh, grandson, Dominic, he's, he's shooting baskets right now. He's Good. either over the football field, and he's got to quit some of this. Got now it. he's gotten boxing. <laughs> so Boy, he's doing something, all, I mean, all day. And yesterday, it was funny, he couldn't go shoot because he jammed his finger playing football. Happens. That's what happens. Patty, but, I'm out of time this hour, but thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you uh, and Jaime and your kids, Matthew, uh, Michael, and Jessica, all being here tonight for the show. All right. Thank you, Steve. All right. We're coming back. Hour number two of the Don Haskins Show from the State Line Restaurant. Russ Bradbird, right around the corner as we continue on News Radio KROD. The new home of UTEP Miners football and UTEP men's basketball, the Orange Revival, is on 600 ESPN El Paso. Steve, also, I think Coach would remember uh, a friend of both of ours, Rocky Galarsa, the old boxing oh, trainer yeah, who sure died. And, and that was part of the – he had sort of encouraged me to move the camp, you know, to, to move a camp into – at first we did it at Bowie High School with, with Paul Strells and helped us mm -hmm. at Bowie High School. And then we gradually moved it into – at the Armijo Center – 
but Rocky Galarza, you know, I get a lot of credit for going down for three days a year. But Rocky did it every day for long times. He trained kids for free for years and years. And he's not the only one. There's a lot of people down, down there that are working for free. And so I don't, I don't claim to have any great uh, uh, knowledge about the Segundo Barrio or anything like that. I just, I'm happy to be part of it. But there's a lot of people that are down there working for kids, with kids. David Ayala is the, yeah. the director down there now. And Sandy Rodriguez before that. There's a lot of people that are working down in Segundo. All right. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people who will remember. A lot of those kids have been down, and they'll remember mm -hmm. getting a chance to go to a basketball uh, uh, camp for a buck, right. $1. 880-5763, 880-KRD. If you have a question for either Russ Bradbird or the Bear, um, I do want to mention the uh, Roy Howard III College Scholarship Fund has been set up. And, uh, um, Russ, this is... Uh, I think uh, a great tribute to somebody that was a, a very big part of uh, the minors in the early 90s, Roy Howard, and unfortunately we lost him at uh, a very young age, but the College Scholarship Fund is available. You can make your checks out to the Roy Howard III College Scholarship Fund and mail it to Morgan Stanley, 641 North Stanton, El Paso, Texas, 79901. Well, Roy left, he died tragically in a trucking accident, but he left behind a son, Roy Howard III, who's now being raised by Roy's mother and father. Uh, but he was really our kind of, I think, I don't want to put words in Coach Haskins' mouth, but he was our kind of guy. He never he never complained. He just came, and he was very much a blue-collar, lunch like a Soup Campbell type of player, just always came and great rebounder and ran, didn't care if he scored as long as we won. i tell you what, you talk about a guy that had a big heart and wouldn't quit, that's Roy Howard. Well, again, I, I think it's a great idea, and, Hopefully, uh, more people in the El Paso area will get a chance to contribute and uh, help. Obviously, uh, Roy Howard the third out, knowing uh, the, the you know the tragic situation. Well, we've we've uh, through Steve Yellen and I thought of the idea, and through Steve, we've done it, and we've gone after mostly ex-players that either played with Roy or else the Houston guys. Uh, I know Fred Reynolds and Eric Alexander have both both helped, uh, even though they didn't play with Roy, just sort of the Houston connection. But we we, we probably need to publicize it and get it out there and just. Uh, the whole idea is that, you know, in, in, just in case Roy Howard III isn't good enough to get a scholarship for the minors, yeah. that he'll get his college paid for. Do you have any interest in going back to coaching, uh, or do you want to stay now as a writer and kind of send your life and your career into that direction? I think we, we settled on this during a commercial break, didn't we, Steve? I'll go back if Coach Haskins goes back. If, well, you, if you can get Coach to go back, I'll go back with him. Where uh, can we, uh, who'd want us for us? Yeah, where could Coach Haskins <laughs> go right now? What do you think? I don't, well, I, I, I'd say he uh, ought to be that, anywhere. That's a tough question, isn't it? But, Steve, it, it pulls at me all the time, and I, I think that's part of what the book is about, is being pulled by basketball. I think anyone who's been around the game for a long time has a love for it, and, and it's, but it's more than a love. There's something about the competition that, that I think drives us. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think about it every spring, and, and I think about. I've applied for a couple of jobs since you know since since I've gotten back from Ireland, but the writing is going so well. It, 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 things are going terrific, and so uh, it's it, it, you know I think I'm on the verge of a good writing career also. But I think about it all the time. What's fatherhood like for you right now for the first time? It's been great. I, I, if you'd have told me I'd be married and have a kid, uh, I would have never believed it. But I've I've really, my top recruit is not Tim Hardaway. It's my wife Connie. Uh, she got tenure this year as a, she's a New Mexico State uh, professor in the English department. And so it's been really different. And I, don't, I don't know how guys do it who are married and have kids that are coaching because of the, the baby seems to take up all our time and all our attention. 
I don't get a great night's sleep very often anymore, but she's been a real joy. And and I sort of, I'll, I'll just, just say this on the air, I've never told Connie this, I was sort of hoping for a boy, but I think it's probably better for me because I don't have the pressure of, uh, I, I won't try and make her do dribbling drills. And, and I, I know that there's girls' basketball is a huge thing now, but I won't feel that kind of pressure. We'll let her decide for herself. That's good to know. How, how old is the baby? She turned uh, she turned one right after basketball. In, in the two bar years, room. you'll have her dribbling. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well maybe I will. But uh, but we went with the name Alma, which is which is uh, soul or, or spirit in Spanish. And uh, she, you know she's been she's been a, it's been a real joy. Any bets on whether or not she'll be uh, she'll be dribbling before she'll be walking? Um, I think it's an even bet. I think so too. Even uh, money yeah. right you, now. Well, you guys would lose. She's already walking, but she hasn't oh. dribbled. We, I'll, oh, roll, right. well, I'll roll a basketball tour, and she just sort of looks at me like, yeah, like what is she'll, this? He'll have her dribbling. We're going to continue uh, with Russ in just a moment, folks. But right now, I do want to go to the phone lines because uh, joining us on the phones is former UTEP minor linebacker, now a uh, member of the Oakland Raiders, getting set to start uh, training camp and his second full season for the Raiders, and that is Thomas Howard. And Thomas, good to have you back on the show. It's been a while. Uh, first off, how's the offseason been treating you? The offseason has treated me has treated me just fine. You know, uh, had time to, uh, you know, get back and, you know, working out here with the Raiders and most of, and most of my team. We've had a nice appearance for these offseason workouts, and, uh, had a little time off and uh, spoke to a lot of different guys, and we're ready. To, we're, we're all excited about this new year, so it's going to be a good year. You know, Thomas, we've got a huge fan of yours sitting right next to me, uh, the Bear, who uh, has had a chance to catch uh, some Raiders games and was oh, telling me uh, about about you a little while ago. Yeah, Thomas, uh, I was a huge fan of yours in college. I, I, I think you're from Lubbock, isn't that right? You're, huh? You're from Lubbock, Texas. Exactly, right, right, right. And uh, wasn't highly recruited. And because uh, you're too small, and uh, well, that's what a you know. I've I've had a lot of players. They said too small, too skinny, but uh, you come here and I watch your progress every year. And uh, you know, you become a tremendous football player. Uh, went high in the draft. And uh, what's Oakland going to be like this year? Um, the Raiders. Like? Uh, we're going to be something special this year. Uh, I think that Al Davis and the whole Raiders management, the coaching staff we brought in this year, um, I believe that one one big thing I believe in is coaches who allow their players and their playmakers to do what they do and allow their special quality to perform. I know defensively last year, uh, Rob Ryan and uh, Rob Martindale allowed, allowed us to go out there and show what we do and do what we do best. And... Um, this year, I know that's going to happen on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we have a special player. We brought in a lot of special players in, in draft and through free agency. And our free agent picks were some guys like uh, Dominic Rhodes. And through draft, we brought in um, the best quarterback in the draft, Jamarcus Russell. Um, we brought in wide receivers like uh, Johnny Lee Higgins from UTEP, running backs like Michael Bush from Louisville. We added a lot of quality players this year. Um, Quentin Moses from Georgia. What about Joe Richardson from Ohio State. I, I can keep going on and on. But we had one excellent draft this year. And I think that um, these these coaches are, 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 are going to be excellent because they push our players in practice. But, but, they, but, but, we're, but we're not overworked, and our players are going to want to play for these coaches. And it's going to work out well this year. I'm excited about this year. Um. How about the uh, wide receiver that you lost that went to New England? Randy Moss. Uh, right. 
I have nothing but good things to say about Randy Moss. Um, I enjoyed the guy, I, I, even in practice, you know what I'm saying? I thought that he worked hard in practice, and he came to play on Sundays. I'm not sure exactly what was going on on the offensive side of the ball, you know what I'm saying? And So I can't really speak too, too much in detail with that. But um, for some reason, um, they let him go. And um, hopefully, you know, we expect to do well without him. But I wish him the best, you know. How exciting is it for you to know you've got uh, former UTEP teammate and Johnny Lee Higgins now in the NFL with you on the same team? It's rare when something like this happens, especially in two consecutive years. But um, I know there's going to be a lot of El Paso fans becoming Raiders fans if they're not already because of the uh, UTEP connection on both sides of the ball. I know one thing. There's already a, a Raiders chapter in El Paso. I think it's like the, the Texas hardcore Raiders. In a, in a, if there's an El Paso chapter out there, they're only going to get bigger. And um, between me and Johnny, we're only going to recruit more fans to become Raider fans, to be wearing the silver and black on Sundays. But it, it's, uh, it's it's very exciting because we can, I mean, we, 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 we sit on a higher level than a lot of different players do that I play for. I mean, that, for a lot of my teammates because we played for UTEP and for the Raiders. And so it's that, um, it's that, it's that UTEP connection. I'm very excited about him, you know, seeing him go out there, seeing him from college to professional. At first, you know, when they first come in as rookies, you kind of wonder, okay, how will they adapt? Johnny Lee has totally adapted to the NFL. He's going to be a, a very, he's going to be a very good player in the, in the NFL. All depends on, you know, how well he performs on Sundays. But from what I've seen so far, he's made the transition perfectly. He's made the transition uh, perfect, like like an NFL player should. He's made it like a professional. He's doing it. He's 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 a, he's a totally NFL player all the way around. So I'm excited about him. He's gonna help us on punt returns, kickoff returns, and our offense. So I'm excited about that. For many years, I've been an Al Davis fan. Really? Oh I yeah, that. I didn't know I that. Sure have. Uh, he is. Uh, uh, he's brought guys over there that were worn out over here and this and that, but. Uh, uh, don't you worry about uh, Oakland Raider fans in this town. Uh, there's two or three clubs that yeah. I know of that are Oakland Raider clubs. And uh, Oakland Raiders are very, have always been very, very popular. And, of course, I, sp uh, I paid attention with more interest uh, watching you at linebacker. One of the things that, uh, not knowing much about football, Thomas, but uh, wherever the ball is, you're around it. You're always around the ball. Well, I, I try to stay active. You know, that's one thing. Well, I, I, you stay very active. <laughs> we, try, we, we try to stay around the ball. I mean, we try to make as many tackles as we possibly can and get our hands in, on the ball, you know, try to be around the ball because we're like the center on the defense, you know what I'm saying? So um, it's crucial. And um, I, I enjoy my role here at, at, with the Raiders. You know, I play alongside of uh, – we have a very strong linebacker crew, um, Kirk Morrison. Sam Williams, you know, Ikejula players like that, Robert Thomas. We have a strong linebacker core, you know what I'm saying, and it's filled with a lot of strong linebackers. But, you know, we go out there and we all fit different roles, and we're all excited about this year because we all feel like we can go out there and, and, show, and showcase our full potential with our defense, you know, and it's going to be very exciting for us this Who's year. Who's your quarterback going to be this year? Our quarterback? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally sure yet. Like I told you, we have Jamarcus Russell, number one pick overall this year. We have Josh McCown. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Russell. Yeah. 
Russell, what, Josh, what a Josh talent. McCown, who came over with um, from Detroit, who's been in the league for quite a while. We have um, Andrew Walters, who's been in the league and who's been with the Raiders for quite a while. So um, we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that up to the offensive coaches and, of course, Al Davis to make that decision. You know, that is the best a- men will win the job. And, um, you know, defensively we'll be ready. For whoever we have to go to war with, we'll be ready to go out there and support them as a teammate. Nice job, Thomas, on the political correctness of that answer. I'm very impressed. You've learned <laughs> very well over the uh, last year plus. Hey, before I let you go, a couple quick things. Uh, training camp starts when? Training camp starts on the 27th. That's the Friday, I, I believe. Week right. from tomorrow. Week from tomorrow, training camp. And before I let you go, tell me about your uh, foundation you're going to be starting up very soon. Right, it is the um, Stay Healthy, Finish Strong Foundation. It deals with um, child obesity. It deals with kids in high school finishing strong, um, taking the, the task test that is very seriously. Because I know a lot of kids, even when I was coming, a lot of high school seniors would have fulfilled all the qualities as far as GPA and things like that as far as to move on to college and then kind of slip when it comes to taking the, the task test and not taking that seriously. But you can't continue on your education without passing that test. So it, it definitely deals with that, and it deals with the obesity aspect. And I'm going to have a camp this year around springtime, around April. I'm trying to figure out exactly when that's going to be. I'm trying, my website is on the way up. It's either going to be um, th53.com or th.com. I'm on the works right now with that. And all the locals in El Paso and in Lubbock all over Texas can log all the kids can log on to see exactly when the camp is going to be. I'm inviting everyone from El Paso to Las Cruces throughout the whole West Texas area to come out, and we're just going to I'm gonna have a lot of uh, my teammates from the Raiders and all the, a lot of NFL players come out, and we're going to go through a little NFL camp. I have like a little something like a uh, like a little like a mini spring ball. But it's only going to be two days, so it's not going to be nothing serious, but it's going to be enjoyable. It's going to teach you different exercises and things like that and how to eat healthy. Good. So um, be looking out for that. And um, so, you know, that's coming up soon. Well, Thomas, we had uh, you on every week uh, last season for about uh, the last uh, 10 weeks of the year. Looking forward to doing that again. Hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you uh, closer to the start of the season. And uh, like I mentioned, uh, the Thomas Howard report was great last year. Hopefully we'll be able to do it again this year. Hoping to bring that back, too. And y'all yeah. have a great afternoon. You thank, too, Thomas. Thank you a lot, Thomas. No problem. It's Thomas Howard, folks, of the Oakland Raiders. Let's break. We're going to come back and wrap things up. The Don Haskins Show with our guest this hour, Russ Bradbird, from the state line, only on News Radio KROD. Welcome back, everybody. 7.54 the time as uh, we continue live uh, from the state line here at the Don Haskins Show. Once again, want to remind you that our next show will be August the 2nd, two weeks from tonight. However, I do want to let you know that next Wednesday it's going to be Casey Donahue. Uh, two weeks from, uh, well, the, actually on, on the 1st, it's, so it's almost two weeks from now, but a week from Wednesday, Jason Allen, and that is the live music series here at uh, Legendary Barbecue, the state line. Free concert, $1.50 beef ribs on the patio. That's Wednesdays from 8 to 10 o'clock here at the State Line, 1222 Sunland Park Drive. 
Um, Russ, uh, what's uh, going to be? Uh, what are you going to be up to here over the next uh, few months? Uh, I, obviously, uh, I know what I'm doing right. I'm d in ten minutes, Steve, I'm going in and having great barbecue. You well, know, that's I've good. I've been out here for, <laughs> for two hours. You sit here and smell the great cooking, and uh, so yes. I'll be going in and doing that. But uh, just raising the baby. You know, school starts again in September. Connie's on sabbatical this year, so I'll just getting my getting my teaching stuff together for September. Yeah. All right. And uh, basketball, you'll still be able to uh, help out, I'm sure, with the mini dribblers. I do that, and I sit in about row 10 of the Aggie games and, and yell at the coach to wake up and pay attention. Do you enjoy that now? Is it hard for you to transition as a fan uh, from your years as a coach? I can't watch the game as a fan. I don't cheer. I sit there with, you know, and, and sort of... Uh, fidget and 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 live and die with it, you know, live and die with it still. So I, I can't watch the game as as a fan. I, I've never never been able to do that at an Aggie game. I can watch, uh, I, you know, I can watch uh, Antonio Davis play or somebody like that, but and do it as a fan. But can't can't adjust to the Aggie games. Coach, is it hard for you to adjust as a fan after uh, you're stepping down as head coach? You know, I've been asked that question a lot. Uh, do you miss sitting over on that bench? I miss it like a hole in the head. I enjoy the games. I like to sit there and watch. The officiating's better yeah. where I sit. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Unbeli it's unbelievably better. But, uh, you know, I feel, I've done it so long, I feel for those guys, the torture they're going through, and uh, sleepless nights yeah. and what have you. But, uh, no. You know, I had 38 years of it, six years in high school. That's... Uh, don't miss. Uh, that's almost half century, so yeah. no, I've, I had Fast two hours, great seeing you, and we'll do it again two weeks from tonight, Coach. Hey, Steve, thank you a lot. did a great job. Russ, great having you on, and again, you're invited back anytime you want to Thank come. you a lot, Steve. I'm going for barbecue. There you go. <laughs> want to thank Russ Bradbird. Also want to thank Thomas Howard, Patty uh, Amazaga, and her family, husband Jaime, Very also Matthew, you. Michael, and Jessica. And, of course, Steve Yellen and his family for all coming down here. And thank you for listening. We're going to do it again from the state line two weeks from tonight, 6 to 8 o'clock right here on News Radio KROD. The new home of UTEP Niners football and UTEP men's basketball, the Orange Revival, is on 600 ESPN El Paso.